You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Welcome back to another episode of Hive Hoops. I am your host, Joshua Balta. And on today's episode, we are going to briefly recap the three losses from this past week for the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo Ball is back. We're going to discuss his performances in those three games. What's the next step for this team? Where do they go from here at this point in the season? And maybe a little bit of foreshadowing. Going to talk some trade value. What kind of value do these guys have on the open market? Things of that nature. But we're going to hop right in. The Hornets are 7-23, and 30 games into the season. Owners of an eight-game losing streak coming off of bad losses to the Pistons and the Hawks. Kept it close in Denver. Went out west. Kept it close in, close in Denver. But pretty indicative of this season for the Charlotte Hornets. They head back to the locker room after the game. Not with the result that they wanted. And so, things are getting pretty bleak. And honestly, they're not getting there. They are. The Hornets got a boost. With LaMelo Ball coming back, reports came out that he was going to return against the Detroit Pistons, a game in which if the Hornets are still focused on correcting this season, on making something of this season, which all indications from the coaching staff, from the front office, at least in word, maybe not in deed, but at least in word, have been playoffs. I know from the coaching staff, we all know from the coaching staff, that is the focus of this team coming into the season and then I would say currently, I don't know if that's still the case. But I would have said at the beginning of the week with LaMelo Ball coming back that it was it, it was a nice boost to this team, right? I, we can all say that. Because it was unexpected. We had seen LaMelo Ball, some videos from practice where he was getting some shots up, he was getting some work in, pregame, same thing. But we really had not heard that he was nearing a return. It just kind of popped up on us. And so when that news hit, the Hornets were sitting at 7-20. and 20, Deep hole already. But you had the Pistons coming up. You had the Hawks coming up who have been dealing with their own struggles. Sure, yeah, you had to go out west. We got this out west road trip coming up. But for the most part, there was joy that at least we were going to see LaMelo Ball back playing basketball for the Charlotte Hornets. It was fun for about a minute. LaMelo Ball played well in his return, scored 23 points, dished out 11 assists, shot 50% from the field, shot 38% from three. Nice return. But it wasn't enough to beat the lowly Detroit Pistons at home 
with no Cade Cunningham looking across from you in the Pistons jersey. Cannot happen. If there was any hope of this team turning around this season, it all but died on Wednesday night against the Detroit Pistons when the Charlotte Hornets gave up 141 points to the Detroit Pistons being led by Alec Burks, Kevin Knox, and Killian Hayes. Not Killian Mbappe. We're not talking about Killian Mbappe. We're talking about Killian Hayes. 141. Put it up on our Charlotte Hornets. Completely indefensible, inexcusable, cannot happen. If this team really is focused on making a run this season and trying with everything that they have to reinsert themselves into the conversation of relevancy as far as the play-in goes. I mean, I think that we can take relevancy of a deep push, uh, playoff push, all of those things. I don't even think that's really on anybody in this organization's radar. It, it's not on that. But as far as making the playoffs, making that play-in and then giving yourself a chance to get that eight seat. Right? It died on Wednesday night. That's gone. And then, you want to know how I know it's gone? Because the Hornets came out against the Hawks two nights later. Gave up 75 points in the first half. 75. The Hawks were on pace to score 150 points at the half. Now, the Hornets did a much better job. They came out in the third quarter. The Hornets had a solid third quarter. Well, they had a solid nine to ten minutes of the third quarter. They made it a game. But eventually, the Hawks ended up expanding the lead back to 20. And they won by that amount. The Denver Nuggets, Hornets put up a valiant effort. Jokic went bananas. In, in in case anybody needs to know this, okay? In case anybody needs to know this, whoever the opposing center is, slam the over on rebounds. Slam it. Hit the over. Because I can tell you a few things about this Charlotte Hornets team. They're going to miss a lot of threes, which is going to lead to many rebounds. All right? Not a good three-point shooting team. Going to lead to many rebounds. Not a good team finishing at the rim either. So that's going to be more rebounds. Also, because, I mean, we've seen Mason Plumlee's getting his his numbers in, in rebounding. And he's never really been known for rebounding. But the Charlotte Hornets are going to miss enough shots to where they're going to be many possibilities and many opportunities and chances for opposing players, specifically their center, to hit the over on the boards. Slam it every time. Jalen Duran, 19. 
19 rebounds against the Charlotte Hornets. We drafted that guy. And so you're just watching the game and you're you're wondering if you know this it 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 just seems so Charlotte. It seems so Charlotte. You're watching that game, you see Jalen Duran grabbing 19 rebounds and just looking the part. He missed some bunnies. His offensive game still needs work. So, I mean, this isn't one of those things where, oh, we just passed on this just polished player who could just come directly in and make a name for himself, you know, offensively speaking, all of those things. But that's not really what this team needs right now either. Plumlee's played above his head. Plumlee's done some good things for this team, arguably the best center on the roster this this season for the Charlotte Hornets. But man, if it did not have us, all of this fan base, reminiscing about that time that we had Jalen Duran on our roster for, what, 47 seconds? Damn. Good times. Good times. And then Jokic, the reigning MVP. He does what he does. I mean, 27 rebounds is ridiculous. That's stupid. But hit the over, guys. If you take anything from what I just said, don't be don't be upset that like I mean, you can be upset about the Hornets drafting Jalen Duran and then moving him. Because I mean, I still kind of am myself. But if you want to take away anything from this, make money. Okay, hit the over. Opposing center, over on rebounds. Every night, take the money. It's free money. I'm handing you free money, okay? Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, all the things right now. Kwanzaa, I'm handing you money. This is my gift to you. Happy Holidays, Happy Holidays. Hit the over, guys. We've been saying this for quite some time. From Hive Hoops, you've heard it echoed throughout the fan base. From people who create content on Twitter, your conversations with your friends, at the office, whatever it may be. This entire fan base, anybody who follows them has been saying, we just need to get healthy. I think that we could be dangerous if we just get healthy. Because this team is showing some scrappiness. They're showing some fight. They're hanging in a lot of these games. They've lost some heartbreakers. They've done They've done some things to make you believe that once healthy, this team could go on a run. Yet, we get healthier. We get LaMelo Ball back. Gordon Hayward all of a sudden shows back up as well. I said I believe this was on the last episode. I didn't believe that those guys would come back until after the holidays. I thought that they'd take the extra time because, you know, Cody Martin is expected to be back early January-ish. And then Dennis Smith Jr., I believe his timetable is also in that, you know, time frame. And so I thought that the Hornets would just opt 
to sit LaMelo and Gordon until that as well. But like we've stated multiple times, like the team has stated multiple times, they're chasing wins. They're not they're not Hornets Twitter who is just vying fully 100% for the tank. That's not what they're doing. The team has different plans than the fans. And so this team's looked and they said, we can't go another eight, nine games without our all-star and our former all-star. And so they're chasing wins. But what did we see? It didn't matter. It didn't matter because this team, they they don't complement each other well. This team just does not complement each other well. And so this whole push to get healthy, it, it almost seems like we were just being fooled along the way because this team was scrapping. They were staying close in a lot of games that maybe they didn't have business being in. But they were showing some fight. Like Steve Clifford said, we'll get to this in a little bit. Ten games ago, this team was ranked in the top 12 to 13 defensive teams in the league. They were showing that fight. They were showing some scrappiness. They were showing that they were willing to do some of the dirty things that you got to do to win. And that just seems like that's gone. And that, that didn't leave when LaMelo Ball came back. So this isn't an this is not an indictment against LaMelo Ball. Okay. That's been missing from this team. This team's on an eight game losing streak. So they lost five in a row before LaMelo Ball came back, before Gordon Hayward came back, before they started getting healthier. But then even when you say that this team just needs to get healthy, boom, we get LaMelo Ball back. Boom, we get Gordon Hayward back. And P.J. Washington misses a game. Now, for great reasons. Congrats, P.J. Proud for you and your family. Uh, P.J.'s uh, kid was born on Friday evening. Had to get my dates right real quick. Okay. And so, great reasons, but it's it's just how this season's gone. You get a couple guys back and somebody goes out. And then against the Nuggets, now P.J.'s back. And Terry go to, goes down with an injury. And so it's it's crazy. It really is. And I don't want to blame injuries fully. They have played a massive role in where the Hornets are currently at 7-23. and 23. But you can't just fully blame them either because opposing teams have been dealing with their own. I've echoed it on this podcast all season long. I'll echo it again. The Hornets played the Hawks on Friday night. The Hawks were without three of their starters. DeJounte Murray, out. Clint Capella, out. John Collins, out. All three of those players would start for us. All three of those players would be one of our three best players on the Charlotte Hornets. They were missing three of their starters, three of their best players. They still won. The Atlanta Hawks still came into Charlotte, handled business, and left with a 20-point win. And so I can't blame 
injuries fully for where the Charlotte Hornets are. You are professional basketball players. You find ways to win. It's like Steve Clifford said in his infamous post-game presser the other night. We're not playing the way in which you have to and to win. We're trying to win. We're just going all about it the wrong way. And so that is exactly what this Charlotte Hornets team is doing. They're not finding ways to win these games that they can. And then some of the games they're not even in. And yeah, you could boil that down to injury. You could even boil down to not finishing some of these games out. Because you don't have players who've been in these spots before to be able to close these games out. But it, I say all that to say this. It is frustrating when you get your, you know, your perceived starting lineup back. Finally, the 30th game into the season, and then now Terry Rozier goes out and down with an injury. We don't know the extent of it yet. We'll we'll hear more about that later on today, but it's just how this season's gone. The Hornets have been in a lot of games. They've now blown 10 fourth-quarter leads in which they ended up losing. That has to be number one in the NBA. I, I haven't checked other teams, but that has to lead the NBA not finishing the games that they are in and that they can win and then just decimated by injuries time and time again. What are we seeing from this team? Where do we go from here? What is the next step? I mean, there's what, 52 games remaining? That's a lot of basketball. Could this team technically make a run? Sure, but what? Have you seen in the past week that makes you believe that they can do that? The only answer I have is maybe LaMelo Ball. He's averaging 27 points, nearly seven assists, shooting good percentages. I don't have the percentages in front of me right now. I believe uh, he was 60% true shooting percentage against the Nuggets. He shot 50% from the field, I know, Wednesday night. So we, you can do the math in there. Shooting good percentages, playing good basketball. So that gives you some hope. But from a team standpoint, what, what do you have to lean on right now to believe that this team is going to be able to make a run? I don't see any. And so you have to look at roster construction. I don't believe that this team can remain intact the way that it is currently constructed. It just cannot. This this group of players do not complement themselves or complement each other well. I think I've already stated that. I'll say it again. You have two offensive-minded guards in LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier. Neither one of them are known for their defensive capabilities. Now, LaMelo Ball has the length and the size to where he should be a he should be able to obtain that average level of defender at least. He's still young, he's still learning the importance of defense. He's coming off of injury. He has great I've stated this many times before. He has some of the best defensive 
you know, instincts I've ever seen, just reading the ball, knowing where the ball is going to be and intercepting a pass or, you know, infiltrating a passing lane, things of that nature. Terry Rozier is an undersized guard. Terry has provided some amazing moments for this fan base over the past few seasons. He His clutch numbers, you go back to two seasons ago when the Hornets were number one in the league in clutch time. Much of that was Terry Rozier. Many games last year that the Hornets won, it landed on Terry Rozier's shoulders, hitting big shots down the stretch. But at this point, those big shots aren't falling. The winds aren't coming. So you've got to wonder, do we need to move Terry Rozier? Is his time in Charlotte nearing a close? I'd have to say yes. And it's for multiple reasons. I, I, I don't think that this team is in a place where Terry Rozier can be that second best player. I mean, Terry Rozier should not be your second best player on any roster. And then to flip that, he can be an extremely good player on a contender. And I want to see that. I, Terry has done some great things for this city, for this fan base, for this team. And at this point, he has value. So, I mean, this can be a win-win for everybody. Terry can go to a contender where he is playing meaningful basketball. And then this team can also get some assets in return in order to continue building this team to what we all hope it can be one day, which is a perennial playoff team. Who becomes dangerous? Who, who, who can win playoff series? Who can contend in the East? That's what we want from this team. And so I think we've got to start looking at moving off of Terry Rozier. Hopefully works for all parties. We have a scoring forward in Kelly Oubre. I don't I don't want to say that what Kelly's done this season doesn't matter, but to, in a sense, it has been fool's gold. He's been the best slash most consistent player on a bad basketball team. There are a lot of bad basketball teams in the NBA, and on those bad basketball teams, Guys put up numbers because who's behind them? There's been nobody pushing Kelly Oubre out of the lineup to date. There's been nobody coming in and taking shots away from Kelly Oubre. There's been nobody on the floor who's really attracting more shots and more opportunities, so Kelly Oubre is taking it upon himself for those opportunities. And so... In a sense, yeah, it's been a little bit of fool's gold. And so I, I've seen a lot of people, oh, extend Kelly. He's been amazing. This attacking uh, Kelly Oubre, who's not just settling for threes, is amazing. I agree. He's played good basketball. But is he in the future plans of the Charlotte Hornets? I, I think it's a pretty simple and easy no. Now, I... I also get the whole, like, this team needs veterans. 
And so, like, if you move off Terry Rozier, you move off Kelly Oubre. Uh, Mason Plumlee's another one. At this point, what are we doing? Get Nick Richards more reps. Get Mark Williams any reps. I know he's currently out with an injury, so, okay, I get that. Get Kai Jones more reps. Build that physicality. So, moving off of Mason Plumley makes a lot of sense. You probably could get a second, a low-flying second from somebody who just needs a backup center. Just needs some minutes from a guy. And so, but when you start talking about that, you start talking about moving Terry, moving Kelly, moving Mason. All of a sudden, there goes all of your vets. And so now you just have a team full of full of guys who are 25 and under. And how does that bode well? You really don't have that voice in the locker room, which maybe if those guys move out, maybe some voices start being amplified from these younger guys, from your LaMelo balls. Okay. Maybe a Jalen McDaniels takes more precedent. That could also be a positive. So you have that double-edged sword there. We need to capitalize on some of these assets that could be very useful for other teams, especially contending teams. But does that leave too many gaps of leadership on the team? Some would argue we won seven games. What what kind of leadership do we have? I'd listen to that conversation, honestly. I would listen. And so when you start looking at this this construction, I just said – you, you have your two offensive-minded guards. You have an injured, aging forward in Gordon Hayward, who is also offensive dominant. Scoring forward in Kelly Oubre. You have a center whose best quality is passing. That's a lot of offense. You got P.J. Washington. You got Jalen McDaniel, some lengthy 3-and-D type power forwards who give you some size, give you you know, some things defensively. But for the most part, we're looking at a bunch of guys who are offensive-minded players. And that's just not going to get it done in this league. You have to have that mixture. You have to have that those players who can score, and then you also have to have those players who can defend, and then you just hit the lottery when you have guys who can score and defend. The Hornets don't have enough of those guys. And so that's why we find ourselves at 7 and 23, at this point in the season. Also want to state this real quick. The team, this team misses Cody Martin and Dennis Smith Jr. so much more than the average fan thinks they do. We know Steve Clifford does. We know Steve Clifford misses Dennis Smith Jr. and Cody Martin immensely. Immensely. But this team misses those two guys so much more than your average NBA fan or average Charlotte Hornets fan can even dream of. Hornets should be fielding all calls at this point. That's where that's where this team's headed. I've already stated this. I'll state this again. There are some assets on this team in Terry Rozier. Kelly Oubre has garnered some attention and can be that microwave scorer off the bench for a contending team. And so 
there are some pieces on this roster that can help you in the future. And so the Hornets need to jump on that. Mitch Kupchak needs to be taking those calls. He needs to be fielding calls. He needs to be reaching out to teams who are looking for that, who you know they need shooting. They need somebody off the bench. They need a they need somebody who can come in and provide them with some buckets on that second unit. That's what both Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre do. Now you start talking value. Terry Rozier can pull a first. He's that level of player. And he's on a good enough contract. It's a little lengthy, but he can he can do that. He can pull that first. Kelly Oubre, he's in an expiring deal. I don't think as much as, you know, as well as he's performed, I don't think he can pull a first on an expiring deal, hitting free agency. Two seconds. Mitch loves seconds. Mitch, uh, I mean, feels like a, a winner for Mitch Kupchak, accepting two seconds for Kelly Oubre. Mason Plumley. Probably get a second. But I think it happens sooner than later. The Hornets should be looking different before the calendar hits 2023. Because the time to capitalize is now. This team has been dealing with injury after injury. You don't know when the next one's going to hit. Some of your players have value currently. I think the Hornets have to capitalize and then play the kids. You're seven and twenty-three. You just lost to the Detroit Pistons. You just lost to the Atlanta Hawks with no Clint Capella, no John Collins, no J- Dejounte Murray. Like, how many more games are you going to win? It just it is where this team is currently. You're still missing Cody Martin and Dennis Smith Jr. for numerous games. So you're not going to be able to insert that defensive mentality back into this team anytime soon, or at least over the next five to eight games. And so what's your record going to be there on this West Coast trip? It is what it is. It's where the Hornets are at this point. That's where the team should be headed and focused at this juncture. Thank you guys for hopping on another episode of Hive Hoops. Be sure to subscribe, follow, leave reviews. Let us know what you think about the podcast. You know what to do. Catch us on the next episode. We'll be here. Adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops.